Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. I'm Craig Haley, along with co-host Gary Reasons, our two-time Super Bowl winning uh, champion. Gary, you might want to tighten your seatbelt. The season is here. Yeah, we got <laughs> a couple games here. This, yeah, a couple of games this weekend. Week zero, things are kicking off. It's going to be fun, and I'm looking forward to it. Sure. Gary, our, our producers, as you know, are, are Seth Biley and Graham Bell. And where can you find us, our weekly podcast? Well, FCS Delivered is on all your favorite platforms. There's Amazon, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many others. And you might be watching us on uh, YouTube right now. If not, all you have to do is search for FCS Delivered. Now, we're here, as we mentioned, week zero of the college football season. Obviously, week zero has become fashionable where it's uh, played before the first full week of, of games, which begins uh, next Thursday, August 31st. They wanted to keep week one, uh, so they renamed this week week zero. There's a small handful of games. As Gary mentioned, there's three on the FCS level. There's North Alabama versus Mercer and the FCS kickoff down in Montgomery, Alabama, Fordham at Albany. And the big one would probably be the MEAC SWAC Challenge, uh, South Carolina, State versus Jackson State down in Atlanta. Now, Gary, leading up to, to week zero here, I mean, and week one for most teams, obviously there's a lot of off-season preparation, but in the preseason, what can you tell us from your experience about the buildup to, to playing your first game? Well, Craig, most teams are just really trying to find their identity and kind of who they are and what their team is going to be made of. You know, first of all, they've got some new faces on campus and they've got to understand you know how that those new new players may uh, uh, you know you know join the team and what they can bring to the dance and see how they can help their football team win football games and then it's all about chemistry you know you're trying to build some chemistry of how your offense comes together your defense and really the whole structure of your football program and that's really it's really paramount early in the season to understand really just kind of what kind of a football team you are and and how you're going to play together and win football games. But I think for the most part, coaches are always looking for execution on the offensive side and really effort on the defensive side of the ball. Those two things really set the table for what you might expect ahead. You always hear that from week one to week two would be the, the biggest uh, changes for a team in its development. Is that accurate from what you're trying to establish in week one? Do you, do you make that adjustment on a big scale to week two? Well, it's going against an opponent that you you know you haven't seen before, and it's not the same uniforms and jerseys like you've been hitting in practice. So whenever you go against an opponent, you find out things about yourself. Uh, you find some chinks in your armor that you may have had, and you also find out that you got some players that really can step up and and, and make a difference. <clears throat> so I think there's a, an opportunity for for any team in week one to really establish themselves and 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 really kind of set the pace for potentially a great season. On, on the analyst.com, we've been previewing uh, each conference for, for the FCS level. There's there's 13 leagues this year. There's 15 conferences involved, but there's two joint leagues. Uh, what we thought today's episode we'd do, we'd go through each league, kind of rapid fire, you know, give a thought, each of us on the conference race, predict a champion. Obviously, there can be co-champions, but who we think has the best chance to win it all. We're going to pick these conferences randomly, Gary. I, why don't we get going with the Big Sky, where there's 12 teams, six of them are ranked going into the uh, into the season. Montana State and Sacramento State are the defending co-champions. Tell us about the, the Big Sky, and, and who do you like this year? 
Well, you mentioned Montana State. They're obviously one of the teams that you have to look to at the top of that list. I, I think I see it a little bit differently. I see that Idaho and actually Sacramento State, from what they did a year ago and, and what they have coming back, I think they're going to bubble to the top. I think those two teams are really going to be there at the end. Now, the, the early part of the season and the mid part of the conference season is going to tell you what that, well, how that might unfold. But I see it as Idaho and Sacramento State are going to bump Montana State to number three in that conference. And uh, I'm sure that's going to ruffle a few feathers out there. But uh, I see that as a possibility. You, you might have it right because Montana State, their conference road schedule is, is so strong. And that includes going to Idaho and, and Sacramento State. You know, Sacramento State's coming in with, with 19 straight conference wins, obviously a new coach in Andy Thompson. But I think I'm going to stick with Sac uh, Montana State as my, as my champion. I just think they can overcome their schedule, their, their, their experience. They've gone deep in the playoffs before, obviously, a semifinals last year. I, I'm going to go with the Bobcats despite this, you know, uh, rigorous road schedule. Now, down in your area, uh, Gary, the, the Southland Conference, where there's Co-champs uh, coming back as well in, in UIW and, and uh, Southeastern Louisiana. Eight teams are in the race. What do you think of the Southland? Well, obviously, I've got some uh, good ties here to the Southland Conference and a lot of knowledge about the conference. I, I, I just love Southeastern Louisiana's coach, Frank Selfo. Uh, I think he has done such a great job with his body of work with quarterbacks over the years. And, and you know what I'm talking about. He has done a great job. And, you know, he's... He had a, a high, uh, excuse me, a, a Walter Payton Award winner, Cole Kelly, and you know he just develops quarterbacks and develops them well. So I kind of see him as doing that again with his offense, and I think that uh, they're going to try to find a way to get get to the top, and I think they'll they'll possibly get there. And obviously UIW, you know, they're they're going to be strong. They're going to have a new head coach after, and also got to replace Lindsey Scott Jr., who also won that uh, a Walter Payton Award a year ago. And I think actually uh, my alma mater may have a chance to come in at number three, Northwestern State may be the spoiler here and can make some noise probably after going four and two in conference to play last season. So I see it as Southeastern and UIW and Northwestern State, one, two, three there in the conference this year. The Demons were a revelation there, Gary, last year. I mean, Northwestern State, uh, they were third. Uh, you know, Zachary Clement, their, their quarterback, is now one of the quarterbacks at, at Southeastern Louisiana after a transfer. I'm going to go with a two-team two race. I think it's the same two teams, Southeastern and, and uh, UIW. They play early in the year. Clint Killow, the new coach at UIW, they went to the national semifinals. I think one of the fascinating stories of the whole FCS season is, is Zach Calzada coming in to replace Lindsey Scott Jr. Obviously, he's played at Zach's played at Texas A&M and Auburn. I'm going to I'm going to still go with Southeastern Louisiana. I, I you know I, I think they're experienced. You know. Uh, UIW has a vastly different team, but that's a fun, you know, battle between those two. But I'm going to go southeastern Louisiana. The SWAC, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, they have 12 programs there, two divisions of six. Ooh, they don't have Dion anymore. It's it's post prime, no. but uh, there's a lot of prime teams down there. Who do you like in the in the SWAC? Well, I'm going to take the East. Let's take a look here. I think Florida A&M. I think they're a strong number one. Uh, Jackson State, I think they, they just lost too much with, with Dion stepping out, but uh, they're going to have to find themselves. And, you know, in the West, uh, I think I think Southern. The Jaguars are going to have a really strong defense once again. And I think that Grambling, Grambling State pushing them 
you know, under head coach Hugh Jackson, his second season, I think they're going to take a, a step up. So look for Florida A&M and Jackson State in the east, and I'll take the, uh, the Jaguars from Southern and Grambling uh, in, in the west. I'm going to go Florida A&M uh, in the east. Uh, obviously, they have to get past Jackson State early in the year, September 3rd. They haven't gotten over that hump in recent years. It's been their only loss in conference while you know Jackson State has gone on unbeaten and winning two straight titles. They have to win that game, obviously. I, I think it would be fun to see if Alabama A&M, Alabama State can make it more of a two-team race because that's what the West has become. It's almost been the Wild West. Uh, last year, there were four teams in it to the end. Uh, yeah. Southern uh, reached the SWAC championship game. I, I think they can make it back again too, but I, I do think it's a it's a deep race again in, in the West. Florida A and M, they really have to get over the hump here uh, with Jackson State, but you know under, under Willie Simmons, they certainly have a lot of talent. Now we talked earlier about uh, some uh, conferences combined. The Big South and Ohio Valley are now uh, in, in the first year of a joint venture called the the Big South OBC Football Association. 10 teams this year. Uh, Gardner-Webb won the Big South last year. Uh, Southeast Missouri and UT Martin were co-champs in the in the, uh, the Ohio Valley last year. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens in the first year, Gary. Yeah, I think the SEMO, though, Craig, really is, is, is the team to beat here. You know, they're the, they're the clear number one. Um, I, I think Gardner-Webb is going to make a statement here and but they're going to be pushed by UT Martin to be that number two team. So I see those three teams, Craig, SEMO, Gardner-Webb, and, and UT Martin on top with uh, with this conference. So it's going to be a fun one to see, to kind of see how it unfolds there, but uh, that's how I see it. Gary, you're right about the town on SEMO, Southeast Missouri. I mean, I, I think they've really you know pointed to this year with, with some players staying for an extra year eligibility. I think as we've gotten closer to the season, I, I see – yeah, Gardner-Webb is pretty loaded as well. They had to replace Bailey Fisher at quarterback, who was just lights out last year. So I do think SEMO wins it because of all the talent they have, starting with Geno Hess uh, in, in the backfield running the ball. You, you play six games in this conference. There's 10 programs overall. So it's, it's an unbalanced schedule. We see that a lot in, in these larger conferences. So that factors in who you're playing from week to week and, and maybe who you're not playing uh, in your conference schedule. But I think you're right about SEMO being the most talented. Southern Conference. Now, that's a historic conference, obviously, in the FCS with some great teams over the year. Last four years, there's been a different champion. Uh, Sanford last year. Nine teams are in the race this year. Who do you like, Gary? Well, I, I think that Furman is, is a slight favorite, you know, uh, to be number one. And I think just over over Sanford there, and I think with Furman there in the number three spot. So Furman's defense, though, and their takeaway capabilities, they kind of make they're going to make the difference there for them. I think that's what's what's going to set them up to to win games this season. Season, and even though Craig, as you noted, Sanford's quarterback Michael Hires is is the clear marquee player in the conference. So. So unless injuries occur, you know, this is where I kind of see things landing with, uh, uh, you know, you've got Furman number one, Samford, and then, then Mercer in the three spot. Yeah, Furman, uh, their only loss last year in conference was to Samford. I, I think Furman felt they kind of underplayed and, and uh, fell behind too early. I, I think, you know, they're, they're probably the team to beat with what they're returning because Samford does replace a lot on defense, even though Michael Hires is just, so good and probably the favorite for the Walter Payton Award. I'm going to go with Furman here. Uh, I, I do think, 
you know, with Mercer, Chattanooga, and some others, it's it's a, you know, a fascinating race uh, in the Southern Conference. Now, what's been the biggest conference of all uh, is the uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference. Obviously, 12 programs this year with the addition of Murray State, you know, the home of North, North Dakota State, the reigning champ, South Dakota State. I, I just think, again, those are the teams to beat in the FCS. Who do you like in this race? Hmm. Well, this is a fun one. So Missouri Valley, let's face it, they are the marquee FCS football conference today. You know, and it, for them, it's all about competitiveness. And, and here's where, you know, we're building, you know, where structure means something. You know, these teams are built and they're built deep. We've talked a lot about South Dakota State and they're, they're a clear number one. Uh, but certainly North Dakota State, they're going to have something to say about that. And, uh, you know, I, however, don't be surprised if North Dakota or even Youngstown State has a say in this race, believe it or not. So you want to catch some great football, tune in each weekend to Missouri Valley football and sit down and simply enjoy. <laughs> Gary, we'll, we'll do one more conference here before we go to a break. The United Athletic Conference. Obviously, it's formerly the, the A-Sun WAC. They're in the third year of their joint league. Uh, I think it's 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 a fun race. Most teams, I think it's seven out of nine, return their their starting quarterback, which obviously you always want to have because it is considered the most important position in football. Uh, one of those schools is Central Arkansas. I think they're loaded up, uh, especially at running back. I, I like them to win this race, but who do you like in the United Athletic Conference? You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm here in Texas, so I'm going to go with a little bit of a Texas flavor here with, with Abilene Christian. Uh, I think they've got enough of the tools and they're growing together. Abilene Christian's going to Got to continue to grow, and and I think that Tarleton State, believe it or not, they're gonna they're gonna have something to say about this. You did mention UCA University of Central Arkansas. You know we know about David Walker and we've got another defensive lineman, Logan Jessup, who does a great job defensively. So I think those three really, you know, just pick the order. But uh, I think the Texas the Texas teams may have something to say about it as well. You're keeping us on our toes with those picks. I like it. Uh, Aveline Christian was tremendous last year, and, and Tarleton returned so much. So I really like that a lot, Gary. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to a break, and then we'll be back with our second segment of FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Brown. Rehearsals for the school play were really coming along. Bigger smile, Mr. Squirrel. Until a custodian accidentally threw away the costumes. Oh no. Everyone was rattled. Miss Garrity forgot how to play. And the queen of the hedgehogs almost quit. Find a new queen. But replacement costumes were shipped with FedEx. And with added peace of mind from picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. Craig Haley, along with Gary Reasons. Gary, as you know, we, we've had a lot of preseason coverage on TheAnalyst.com, all presented by FedEx Ground. And one of the things we've been talking about is the conference races. We've gone conference by conference with stories on, on TheAnalyst.com. And, and now that we're back, we're going to finish up with the rest of the conferences. And let's get started with the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, the MEAC, where there's six schools. Last year, North uh, Carolina Central tied for the title with, with Howard, and then uh, North Carolina Central earned the bid to the Celebration Bowl where they beat Jackson State. I think it's a fascinating race again in the MEAC, Gary. 
Yeah, and, and North Carolina Central, I think, though, is going to be the team. They had a great season, as you said, a year ago with the Celebration Bowl victory. And I see them as the clear number one. Delaware State, I'm going to take and put them in the number two spot and, and look to Howard, number three. They've got a great offensive lineman with a NFL prospect for 2024 and Anandonqua up there with those guys. So I think that that, that, that conference sets up with, with three clear guys at the top. You know, Delaware State's really flown under the radar how they've improved at two straight years of five and six. So they're right there. Howard went five and six last year and won a share of the title, you know, going four and one in conference. So I, I like those picks. I think one of the great stories of, of this lead up to the season on, on media days, FCS media days, Trey Oliver of North Carolina Central, he kind of spiced things up uh, on media day where both schools, uh, the players and coaches involved, had their had their championship rings on from uh, from last season. Uh, and Coach Oliver was asked about uh, Howard wearing their rings. And because North Carolina Central beat them and earned the bid because of their head-to-head -head meeting, he joked, are those class rings, not championship rings? So I think he kind of put a little jab at them. And that, that that's the kind of thing that spices things up, probably motivates Howard. I have to like North Carolina Central, but I just think that that's going to be a fun race out now. The teams really kind of go at each other. All right, we'll go on to the Northeast Conference. Uh, eight programs, really a gritty kind of conference with defense, running the ball. I've always enjoyed the, the, the NEC. Uh, for the first time, uh, Mary Mack is, is uh, past their transition period. They are eligible for an FCS playoff bid. They went into the uh, final week undefeated last year in conference, and then that's where they lost to St. Francis, who who was the champion. I, I like the NAC race uh, again this year. It's going to be fascinating, Gary. Yeah, I, I like it as well. I think the top three, though, Craig, and you mentioned these as well. Number one, St. Francis, and you know, with them having a capable quarterback with with Cole Doyle coming back and being able to drive that that drive at home form again, I think that's pretty good. And, and Merrimack, you mentioned, you know, they're going to be able to press it in there and possibly get their first playoff berth. That's what they'd like to do, get get in get in the hunt. And I'd say number three, Duquesne. Well, you know, they're going to ride their quarterback, uh, Mr. Parentis, following, uh, you know, his injury plague season a year ago. He's back, and they expect him to play well. So the, my, my one, two, three there are St. Francis, Mary Mack, and then Duquesne. Yeah, Duquesne was banged up last year, Gary. I mean, they – Two years ago, they won. Uh, uh, they won the first uh, FBS win for the NEC. They they won at Ohio University. It was 28-26, a great game. So last year was sort of an anomaly for them because of the injuries. I, I think they're right there in the mix. Uh, I, I think what's great is is Duquesne and Sacred Heart. They tied for third, and yet they've been the programs that have led the way in the last decade. I'm going to go with St. Francis again, just because they they really have a lot back other than that wide receiver for Cole Doyle to distribute the ball. I think LIU is going to be fascinating because they won their final four games last year, and they just have some really good individual pieces, whether it all comes together. But I'm going to go with St. Francis over Merrimack in another fun race. All right, now we have the Patriot League, uh, seven programs. Obviously, the dynasty there is, is Holy Cross. Uh, they've won four in a row, and they're seeking a fifth straight title, which will be a record. I think Holy Cross is going to get it done uh, behind Matthew Sluka, uh, but I, I do think it's it's going to be fun that if, whether they can get knocked off. They did have a couple tight games last year. Do you like Holy Cross in the Patriot League? 
I do. You know, I think I think they're right there, number one, Craig. You know, they've got all the talent. The quarterback, Max Salug, our, our preseason All-American, leads that kind of leads the way. Um, you know, and, and Fordham, they're you know they're replacing Tim Demorat, so they don't have enough, a, a lot there to come back to. I think number two maybe maybe Fordham. Number three, it's kind of a pick them, but I'd look to, for Colgate to possibly play strong and and get get aligned right there. So I, I'll look for the Patriot League for Holy Cross. Uh, we'll talk. We'll take Fordham, and then Colgate is number three. But it's going to be a fascinating season for that league. Yeah, we'll be talking Fordham soon. Week zero picks, Gary. All right, the CA football. Obviously, it's been renamed the Coastal Athletic Association. It was formerly the Colonial Athletic Association, and the big change is they're now up to 15 football programs, with a 16th on the way next year in Bryant, biggest conference ever in in the FCS. Uh, I think. You know, with that depth, you probably have half the league, maybe eight teams that are kind of have a legitimate chance to be in the playoffs with what they have back. I think, uh, obviously, William and Mary and New Hampshire are the favorites up there. They tied for the title last year. But tell us about this CAA football race, Gary. It's going to be a fun race. William and Mary, you talked about, Craig, you know, they're number four in our poll. So I think they're up there for a reason. Uh, in the steps, steps perform top 25 poll. So right there, we're going to take them. And I, and I think they got a, they have a great uh, running game. They get back it up with solid defense. It's really good play there. And obviously with Buck Buchanan, uh, potential winner John Pius in the mix, it's something that uh, they're going to have a strength with. And so I like their defense. I've talked about Pius previously, and, and he's going to have hopefully a good season for them. You know, and from the number two spot, I like New Hampshire. You know, and they've got to uh, – Get some spot there. They've got activity there going on. And, you know, their defense is also pretty special. They're going to get after the quarterbacks. And and I'll take number Richmond to come in three there, Craig, with that conference. So CAA football, I'll take William and Mary uh, and New Hampshire followed uh, up again by Richmond. Great picks indeed, Gary. I, I, I agree. I mean, you could go so deep and, 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 you know, make a case for Elon, Delaware, you know, Villanova, Monmouth, uh, I'm the closer we get to the season. I really like Villanova. I had them about 30th in the off season. And then I look, yeah, they have a lot back on each side of the ball. I think they rebound. They did tie for the title two years ago. I think William Mary's team to beat, uh, not just with their returning talent and, you know, an elite running game and in, in line, but their schedule kind of shapes up. You know, we talked about the unbalanced schedule where you don't play everybody kind of works in their favor. So I, I do think the tribe is a clear pick here as talented as, as New Hampshire is. They're, they're my number two pick like yours. All right, now we move on to the Pioneer Football League, uh, non-scholarship league, 11 programs, coast to coast. It, it, the travel in this league is, is crazy. Uh, you know, it's been a, a league where uh, the champion has changed hands. Last year it was St. Thomas, uh, second year program that had trans transitioned up from Division Three. That made them ineligible for the playoff bid because they have to go through a five-year reclassification from the division three level they're the team to beat i think uh obviously the preseason favorite there davidson has gone to the playoffs three straight years i think you know those are the teams to be here gary yeah i think you're right craig you know pioneer football league is a fun league and you know st thomas they're good you know they got a solid team they've got, they've got six 
uh, all conference pre preseason picks to round out a, a really talented football team. And they're clearly the number one team there. And, and I've got them as a coin flip, Craig, with the D's. You know, you've got Dayton and you've got Davidson for number two or number three. And I think their game on November 18th is going to settle that race. Who gets two or three there for the conference or possibly even a conference title or secure a, you know, a runner up in that position. We might need a conf uh, coin toss because those are some tight teams. You throw San Diego into the mix and, and Butler. I, I don't know where to go in, in the ranking almost after St. Thomas. I, I do think the Tom Tommies are the favorite, but boy, oh boy, it's it's tightly bunched there. Our last league uh, we're, we're going to talk here is, is the Ivy League. Uh, they start later than the, than the rest of all of college football, in fact. They, uh, they only play a 10-game schedule uh, beginning September 16th. Uh, they'll go non-league first before they get into to league play. Uh, Yale is the, the defending champion. They have a lot back. I think the overwhelming story there is, is uh, the coach and legends that won't be there this year. Buddy Tevens uh, had a, a serious bicycle accident. He's taken the year off. Sammy McCorkle, one of his assistants, has taken over at Dartmouth. Al Bagnoli recently retired for health reasons at Columbia, the longtime Columbia and Penn coach. Mark Fabish, his... Uh, his assistant coach is now in charge uh, moving forward. I think that that's the overwhelming storyline going into the year and also Yale being the favorite. I, I like the Ivy League. It's very competitive. And, you know, when you see these these teams come out there, but I, I think it comes down to three teams, Craig, pretty easily. It's Yale, Penn, and Princeton. Uh, you know, they're all quality programs. And the head-to-heads between each one of those teams is going to really tell the story of the Ivy League this year. So Yale, Penn, and Princeton, you got to pick them one, two, or three. And I just think we throw the coins up in the air and, and find out which way they drop. <laughs> Don't let Tim Murphy at Harvard know you didn't put them in that mix. But uh, no, you're right. Those are the three top teams. I, I think Yale is the favorite, though, what, what they have back, uh, starting with Nolan Grooms, uh, their quarterback, who was league offensive player of the year. So that wraps up our uh, conference-by-conference conference look. You know, maybe we'll go back at the end of the year and, and, and take a look at how we did with our picks here, Gary. I, I wish you well because, yeah, uh, the FCS is, is is crazy from week to week how it changes. All right, we're going to go to uh, another break, and then we'll come back with our final segment of FCS Delivered. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no. Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. Gary Reasons and I are here to wrap up this week's episode. But one of the things that has stood out to me, Gary, is this offseason, uh, the Hall, College Football Hall of Fame ballot ha has been out. Uh, obviously, the 2023 class will be inducted uh, this December, but the 2024 ballot had a lot of familiar names from the FCS level, uh, past award winners, you know, Archie Amerson, Armonte Edwards, Al Lucas, uh, Randy Moss. So a lot of people that we're familiar with. But that makes me think of you, Gary. I mean, you were... Uh, in a special group in, in 1996 after your career at, at uh, Northwestern State. Tell us about uh, the College Hall of Fame and your background. Yeah, it really was it was unique because we were the very first group to be selected amongst the small college uh, 
players because it was only the Division One FBS level top players that previously to 1996 were were be able to be inducted. So they raised that that to be able to include all college football players. So we can't, essentially there was a small college category, and that was that included all of the FCS players. And as you as you mentioned, Craig, four or five guys, you know, every year now since since then have been on the ballot to be able to to be inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame. And it's still very, very short numbers, small numbers. You know, you just think of all the college football players who have played at any level, you know, and that's millions. Uh, there's only about 1,400 in the College Football Hall of Fame. So the numbers are really tough to get in there. But I was part of that inaugural group with, with Walter Payton, Buck Buchanan, a couple of our namesakes for the, Eddie, uh, excuse me, for the uh, FCS National Awards. Uh, Coach Eddie Robinson, he was actually there. He was uh, he presented Buck Buchanan posthumously uh, for induction. So it was a fun time to be around. I was with Neil Lomax, uh, you know, guy from Portland State who you know was really one of the first uh, ever kind of a gunslingers for the for the spread offense out there. And uh, you know, there's there was a lot of good guys in our group in 1996, and proud to be a part of that inaugural inaugural group of players. You are certainly FCS royalty, and I love how you mentioned Neil Lomax because I, I tell you what, he went on to a, a long NFL career. It might have been 11 years, but I always think of Neil Lomax, 105 points, uh, uh, yeah. Mouse Davis uh, and, and Neil Lomax, that, that Portland State team scored in a game. That's the most ever for an FCS team. That That's what stands out about Neil Lomax, but... Week uh, zeros here, as we talked about this Saturday. I mean, North Alabama uh, versus Mercer uh, in the Crampton Bowl uh, down in Montgomery. They'll play the FCS kickoff. Mercer's obviously a, a favorite in that one. Uh, U Albany is hosting Fordham. Uh, that's another fun game. They 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 were pretty tight last year. Fordham only won 48-45. So I think U Albany has a shot there. And then the big one Saturday night's on ABC, the FedEx Ground FCS game of the week. South Carolina State representing the MEAC, Jackson State representing the SWAC and the MEAC SWAC uh, Challenge. Is that a game you'll be watching? Sure. You know, it, it's, it'll be a fun one to watch. You're going to see a couple of good FCS teams go at it here. And, you know, it'll, it'll give us something interesting to see how uh, T.C. Taylor is going to do at Jackson State. Dion is gone. So there's a lot of things to talk about, even off the field, and kind of see how they uh, have an impact with what happens on the field. Yeah, those two programs met uh, in the Celebration Bowl, the 2021 20, uh, Celebration Bowl. South Carolina pulled an upset at 31-10 over Jackson State. So that, that's kind of looming large here. Buddy Pugh, uh, the South Carolina State coach, is a veteran coach. He has he has some key players back in that one. So, I, I, you know, South Carolina State is an underdog here, but I, that could go either way. The MEAC always does well in the in the MEAC SWAC Challenge. All right, so we're here. We're going to wrap up our uh, – episode of FCS delivered. We made our season picks uh, in each conference. Last year, out of 14 leagues last year, the preseason voted, uh, preseason favorite voted by the, the coaches only was the champion five times. Only three of them won an outright championship. So it just shows you from week to week how wild and wacky the FCS can be. And, and uh, hopefully it'll be that this, this, this year. I mean, we love the uh, FBS opportunities that they'll be coming up in week one. That that that'll be uh, Thursday night, August thirty first. Uh, next week, maybe you and I will have some more predictions, Gary. What are you thinking uh, ahead here as we move into the season? 
Well, I'm, I'm kind of getting ready for Gary on the move here. This is, <laughs> it's uh, early, but, uh, you know, next week I get out on the road for our FCS on campus, uh, FCS National Awards on campus, and I'll be heading out Monday evening, Labor Day weekend, to go out to an FCS campus somewhere in this country. I don't know where yet, but uh, <laughs> it's going to happen September 2nd, so I'm going to be going out in just about almost two weeks now to, to head out and, and, and get going. So. It'll be a fun time ahead. We've got a lot planned and uh, stay tuned. We'll share some of that on this on this podcast as well. Yeah, that, that'll follow our uh, FedEx Ground FCS National Players and Team of the Week on, on Labor Day. After week one, we'll have our uh, top 25 uh, national poll presented by FedEx Ground. So, yes, that, that where you're headed depends on who's the national players or, or team of the week. Uh, so that's going to be fun. But this week, we'll, we'll concentrate on week zero. Next week, everybody basically jumps in at week one. We're looking forward to it. Our episode has been uh, produced by Seth Filey and Graham Bell. We thank you for, for their efforts. Uh, we thank uh, FedEx Ground for all that they do in presenting FCS Delivered. Gary, I'm looking forward to it, and, and I will see you again next week. Yeah, we're week zero and getting right here to the season. It's going to be on us before you know it. Thanks everybody for tuning in to FCS Delivered.